of lime trees to a fountain where they had shared their first kiss. But the sweet memory was shattered by the sudden noise of Dolly's car horn, blasting the driver ahead of her to signal that the lights had changed to green. After making good progress along St. Peter's Place and on to busy Rhymes Way, the flow of traffic began inevitably to slow, as cars headed into the shopping centre. Dolly heaved a sigh of frustration, but it wasn't long before she found herself at another roundabout where she displayed a moment's hesitation before taking a sharp right turn. This prompted Pearl to ask, Are you sure you know where you're going? Of course, Dolly snapped. But grab the map there in the glove box. We might need it before long. Dolly steadfastly refused to take instructions from the sat-nav Pearl had bought her, insisting on the use of old road maps instead, and the services of Pearl as navigator, though that onerous role sometimes also fell to grandson Charlie. Ahead stretched Windcheap, the road which gave its name to Canterbury's southwest suburb, and which ran for almost a mile from the city wall to the parish of Thannington Without. Having found the appropriate page in Dolly's road atlas, Pearl traced the length of road before them, noting how the Great Stour River ran like a concealed artery at the rear of properties whose frontages would have offered no clue to this. From her mother's car, Pearl glimpsed the old parish church of St Nicholas surrounded by yew trees. One in particular was reputedly more than nine hundred years old, its great age serving as a reminder that yews had been planted in churchyards as signs of everlasting life. Another sign, showing fresh eggs for sale, indicated the way to an old farm at the rear of the church, where sheep and chickens grazed on the riverbanks, seemingly oblivious to the stream of traffic. "'We should be approaching another roundabout soon,' warned Dolly, "'and the old Milton Manor Road is on the left, right? I mean, correct?' Pearl confirmed she was indeed correct, though she would never have known it without consulting the map, and Dolly drove on, leaving the villages behind them as a patchwork landscape began to open up ahead with furrowed fields on either side of the road. Soon the rolling countryside had become a distinct contrast to the busy Canterbury suburbs, and the only building on the horizon that seemed at all recognisable to Pearl was signalled by two tall black-tipped chimney stacks that rose in the distance like giant matchsticks. The old Charton paper mill? I hope so, said Dolly, or it means we're heading in the wrong direction. She offered a brief smile before breaking, then reversing quickly back up the road. You distracted me, she said. I've missed the sign. Pearl looked around but could see nothing but open countryside. What sign? Dolly failed to answer but was now looking keenly from left to right before she gave a sudden exclamation. There! Look, the old hawthorn tree! She spun the steering wheel, making a sharp right turn as the tyres kicked up gravel. A short distance ahead, a set of wrought iron gates finally came into view, left wide open as though welcoming visitors. Dolly stopped and put on the handbrake, this time exiting the car to investigate a small object she had noticed on the road ahead. She picked it up, and it glinted in the sunlight as she examined it. "'How's this for good luck?' She was brandishing a small horseshoe, tossing it into the rear footwell. She took her place again in the driver's seat before crunching the car back into gear. Smiling at Pearl, she said, you know, I have a feeling you and I are about to have a wonderful few days.
Then she drove on. A few hundred metres along the road, an avenue of mature beech trees opened up to reveal meadows filled with buttercup and rapeseed lying burnished beneath the sun. Dolly's car trundled down into the Stour Valley, where the sight of a tall willow signalled that the river itself could not be far away. Almost there, she said, pointing a finger to the road ahead. All Pearl could see was a line of tall cypress trees, but soon the roof of a building came into view, then pale rose-pink walls against which the shadows of trees danced in the sunlight. A man appeared, dressed in white overalls, standing on the road ahead to flag down Dolly's car. He gestured for her to turn into an area on the other side of the road, where a staid black Volvo estate and a smart silver Mercedes were already parked. Dolly instantly obeyed, screeching to a halt as the man approached. In his late thirties,